What's going on, cartel? I hope that you guys are all feeling like, you know, you're rising above all of this fucking madness that we are presented with, you know, through the mainstream media and through everything, like our daily life, our jobs, our careers, whatnot. Um, I hope that you guys realize that you are greater. You are much greater than your surroundings. And you got to do a little bit of a side hustle now. You know what I'm saying? So I hope that you're inspired to do that. Um, it's, it's not easy. I know. I, I know it's not easy. Uh, I'm blessed to be able to do what I'm doing right now and speaking the truth and, you know, whatever it is, just do something else that fulfills your soul. Do something that makes you feel like you're doing work for Jesus, God, Yahushua, whoever, you know? Do something that makes you feel like you're alive. That's my main message right now. And without further ado, I got this fucking awesome dude coming on the show right now. And his name is Colby Dennis. And he plugs his stuff uh, after the show, like near the end of the show. But yeah, we just connect on, on a fucking awesome level. And that's what it's all about, Cartel. Vibe with your vibe with your motherfucking tribe. And you guys know what you gotta do, right? You gotta smoke a dupe, drink a beer, smoke a cigarette, whatever, dude. Like jerk off. I don't know. Whatever it is. Balance your chakras. Get in tune with the creator. I love you. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to another episode of the Red Pill Cartel. I'm your host, David Wavy, and I have a very special guest here tonight. Mr. Colby Dennis, who is the host of the uh, Conspiracy Playtime podcast, as well as the Disinfobation podcast. And you make that out, what that means, however you want. But, Colby, how you doing, brother? Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm doing well. I'm glad. <clears throat> so you do a lot of stuff like... Um, uh, growing your own do you grow your own uh, food and stuff like that and you stuff like that you know i wish i could claim full sustainability i have a garden every summer uh i would say the food that i eat that i grow is probably less than 10 percent. okay i really am into canning and fermenting foods but i usually get all that stuff you know nine months out of the year from the store or farmers markets and stuff like that but i do have a garden so well yeah. that's yeah, that's saying more than most people, you know, and at least it's GMO free, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, okay, here's the big question, which I usually ask people that I haven't really spoken to yet, but how did you become spiritually awake? Like, what was that process like? Uh, did you go through like a depression kind of thing like that? Uh, I think that it's kind of been a constant for me throughout my life. When I was two years old, I had uh, an experience with a ghost. I don't have any memory of this, but my mom 
and my dad, uh, the latter who is very skeptical, both believed I was talking to this ghost. I described this person who was living in the house before us. And uh, as I got into you know my early childhood years, I was just always really aware and awake and to the point where I was literally awake. I slept a few hours a night. I'm probably going to have Alzheimer's when I'm 50, but I hope not. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I've always been aware that there's just something outside of our perception of reality. So yep. as I've gotten older, I kind of tied that into conspiracy. You know, it's always been alien and paranormal kind of, interest but as i got into my late teens and early 20s it became a whole other aspect of life with looking at like this this controlling force and i still haven't put my finger on what it is and that's where we're here today right absolutely it's and my story is very similar too i'm, I'm sure you you know it because you've listened to my show but it's like once you have an experience like that that you just cannot explain you start digging into things and you start looking and then you start finding truths that uh, really resonate with you. And then it's just like, holy shit. Okay. And then it, and then it comes back to wh what, what's happening, you know, like, why did this happen to me? And then you come to like, realize the, like these epiphanies that um, kind of make you think like, holy shit. I think I really do think there's a God, <laughs> you know, because if you have like a spiritual or paranormal encounter, you're, you're, you're going to like realize that it's all the same. It's everything's connected. Like there's this huge connection of energy and, you know, we start to realize that we are energy as well, right? We're energy based beings. And then everything just flows from there. Then you start realizing uh, how much power you have and, what you can do to inspire other people to kind of wake up on, on the same in the same kind of process. Right. Like it's hard to explain. I'm kind of like jibber jabbering right now, but I think you get what I'm saying. Right. No, you're doing great. I, I do want to point out, and I, I was going to mention this to you before we started recording, but Hey, we might as well have everybody in on it. Uh, you said something on one of your early episodes that I did in one of my early episodes. And it was that coast to coast AM was kind of like the gateway drug. And yeah, absolutely. When I heard you say that, I was like, shit, he only not only did he like say it, we said it in the same exact way. So I knew like when you reached out to me and asked if I wanted to come on that we would have a really good conversation about that. Yeah, oh, for sure, man. Did you and how far back do you go with uh, Coast to Coast? So it was when I was living in Eugene, Oregon in 2007 ish. I, I had heard it before. It would come in on, so I, I grew up in bumfuck Oregon and <laughs> we would get like radio if the clouds were aligned just right. And every once in a while I would hear this coast to coast AM, but I got a paper route in Eugene, Oregon in 2007. And I listened to that shit every single morning and yeah, it just opened up a whole new world for me. Yeah. I used to listen to it at night. And that was the best time to listen to it because it just set the mood for the, the, the set the right tone and mood for the night. You know, it's like super exciting to listen to that show and all the bumper music and everything. It just created an awesome atmosphere. Oh, for sure. And when I say morning, I mean like 2 a.m. 
like oh okay okay yeah yeah yeah, like yeah. the streets are empty and i'm delivering newspapers and eugene oregon's a weird city anyway it's full of junkies and vampires it's this other city beneath that comes up at night and then i got that and my speakers and it's just like sometimes they're talking about the very shit that i'm seeing as i'm tossing new york times to these rich fucks right right so when did Dude, you start I... listening to it okay so it was like uh i think it was like two years after 9-11 okay and I had um I had a a border living with us like my my parents friends right and, uh, my parents friend and he was living with us and he had a he had a car and he wanted me to use it to go pick something up for him and I said yeah no problem right and it was like probably like three in the morning when I actually <laughs> got in the car and did it right uh-huh. and I just started driving around and he had it on a station called uh, six forty a.m. here right okay and. Uh, so it's it's based in based in Toronto, but they relayed the broadcast from coast to coast, and this is the first time I've ever heard it. And and uh, Art Bell was talking about like uh, UFOs or and ghosts. No, it was a ghost show, and I'm like, dude, I'm all about this shit, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm driving around listening to the show, and I'm like, dude, I have to like keep listening to the because like that was the first time and i was hooked line and sinker right boom that's when i became a coast to coast fan and i started listening to it all the time i started like telling other people about it you know so it was art bell when you started listening to it i it it was yeah george nori had probably been on there for a couple years by the time i started listening to it yeah so i yeah i definitely was listening uh before art bell left and I was kind of like disappointed when he did leave, but then George Norrie really grew on me like right away. Cause he's a yeah. fantastic guy. You know? He's good. Art Bell. I mean, he's old school. He's kind of like that uh, outer limits, twilight zone type persona. And then George Norrie was kind of like a little more into the next era, but still kept that same theme. Right. Well, uh, I, I always felt like Art Bell was like, He's he's like like he said old school. It's like that that tinfoil hat wearing guy in his <laughs> RV in the middle of the desert by a couple mountains, you know, broadcasting this creepy shit, right? Yeah, that people think if they listen to it, then you know if you agree with everything on there, then you're crazy, right? But so the thing that I've come to uh, through my journey is that I take everything with a grain of salt. I don't believe everything, you know. Because if you do, you're just going to believe you could fall for the Antichrist, right? <laughs> As many are right now. Right. And what do you think the Antichrist is? It's the whole system, right? Well, if I had to personify it, I would say Elon Musk. But if I have to just kind of give a broad, gen- yeah, it's the system. It's the thing that we're all trying to rail against. Right. See, I don't. It's funny because I feel a lot of people are awaiting this Antichrist figure to come, but I think he's already been here for a long time. And mythologically speaking, that makes much more sense because it wouldn't just be obvious. Mm -hmm. It would be this underlying thing that's always there, kind of always subtly influencing everything. Yep. And... And I am being a little hyperbolic when I see Elon Musk. I just, I'm not not a fan. So I I kind of throw him into that limelight. 
I honestly feel like he is like the am the kind of like the um, embodiment of uh, artificial intelligence because you know if you if you heard him on Joe Rogan, it's like what is with this guy? He's like, <laughs> Joe. Joe asks him a question, and then he'll he'll pause for like ten seconds, and then does go, not compute. Yeah. Uh, I think blah, 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 blah. And it's like, why did you take, why did it take 10 seconds for your brain to fucking like function? You know, it's yeah, almost like I, you're inputting something into a computer and it says loading. <laughs> He's gotten right? upgrade since his first appearance on Rogan, but totally. I, yeah. You know, and I know people in my everyday life that are like that. They kind of just pause when you're talking to them. It's like they're processing, you know, and he definitely does that. Yeah, but not the fucking amount of time that he processes. Yeah. It's like 10 seconds of dead air before you get a response. It's like, you can't, you can't, uh, your AI is shit, dude. You know? <laughs> and, and, the, and the cyborg that the AI is living in needs an upgrade too, because when he was smoking weed with Joe Rogan, he did it Bill Clinton style. He was right. acting like it was a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's funny to me because, uh, like, I'm trying to tell people about AI and, like, the dangers of it and shit, right? But so is he, you know? He's like, oh, AI is, like, opening the portal for demons to come in, right? So why don't we merge with it? Right? (laughs) Yeah. Like, ain't that fucking obvious enough yet? So if you you are into, um, you know, the transhumanism... Uh, side of things, then that is that to me is the Antichrist because you know you're gonna know all these things and this and that, right? So yep. I had Ishmael Perez on. I don't know if you heard that show yet. No, so like I was telling you yesterday, I'm about three back and they they all look really good. That's the Starseed one. Uh, no, uh, well, yeah, that was yeah, that's the Starseed one. The God awakening the God source from uh within. That's okay. Yeah, that's the one. And um, so basically, what he's saying is that AI and sorry, sorry, cartel, but I'm gonna go back here. If you haven't heard it yet? Go hit it up. But AI is nothing new. We are developing it now, but it's nothing new. It's actually like an intergalactic fucking uh, ancient. Uh, evil world eater. Okay. Yeah. And it's coming here to try to devour us, essentially, right? Yeah. But we're going to have that grand solar flare coming. And it's going to, like, if you didn't take the, the Jimmy jab, oh, which, manipulates, sure. which manipulates our DNA, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, into the B system, I, I, I believe that the mark of the beast is the, the Jimmy jab. Do you think well, it's sexually transmissible? Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. I might be fucked then. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't know. I think if you injected it, if you got it injected into the, into you, then you probably took the mark of the beast, meaning um, you're going to have to rely on the pharmaceutical industry to uh, cure you of all the other diseases. Whereas, us who didn't have our DNA manipulated, we're going to have our DNA uh, unlocked, which is going to allow us to ascend to the next earth, 
whereas the people who took the job are going to stay here below and uh, be stuck in the matrix. And so we're probably, when the quote-unquote alien invasion comes, they're probably going to want to combat us because our DNA has been locked. We're, we're superheroes and we have to, it's like a, a clash of good and evil, right? Yeah. It's fucking crazy to think about, but it's like having a free mind allows you to think about these things without making it sound absurd. Right. Oh, for sure. And you know, I like to get weird and I, what I see that really disappoints me is, you and I are having this conversation right now and everybody else is retweeting blue check politicians on Twitter. Absolutely. Ignoring their fucking stances on certain recent events and yeah. not even understanding that this is intentional. I saw you retweeted a, a, a tweet of mine yesterday where I was kind of just pointing out like, guys, not this is we're not supposed to fight each other and this is exactly what they want. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, the, is it is the, it coincidental that the the and you're in Canada, but I'm sure you keep an eye on what's going on down here. But the, the Supreme Court totally did a weird thing where they said, you know, it's OK to federally mandate gun control laws. But when it comes to abortion, it's not. And it's like, all right, everybody's packing now and everybody's hating each other. What the hell's going to happen? Dude, I, I, I guarantee you within the next few years or probably be a civil war. I don't want to manifest that, but I think that's what's going to happen. Well, you're not the one manifesting it. You're just observing <laughs> something. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you're very, that. you're very generous. Giving it a couple of years, I'm thinking like tomorrow. Could be. Who knows, right? I hope I'm wrong, and I'm not. I'm just saying closer to tomorrow than the next few years. They definitely want their job to be easier. So, what better way than to turn us plebs on each other? And then there's going to be less people to rally up when it comes time to do that in 2030 or whatever their plan is. Yeah. Yeah, dude, like they, that's the thing that I wish my show could get out to the normies more so that we could say to them, you know, you really got to know that the people who are running this fucking planet have a plan, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's, it's, it's a very insidious plan. It's not like they, like Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, right? So, you know, you know, the technology we're putting into your body and this and that, like they don't realize it's technology being put into their body. Well, they don't realize yeah. they're, they're being experimented on. They're the guinea pigs. Yep. And I mean, it's kind of ironic too. the town that I work in. I make soap for a living and I recently moved to a neighboring city, but it's called Ashland, Oregon, where I work. And they all the hippies, you know, they're like the rich hippies that shop at the food co-op and drive soup, brand new Subarus and have huge houses. But they all had the no GMO food signs in their yard five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And now now they're injecting genetically modifying technology into their own bodies. It's like, OK, you didn't want to eat a tomato that was made out of fish cells, but you're willing to use mRNA biotech. In right. your own body. So what where did your principles go all of a sudden? Right, right. It's unbelievable, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, people had to because I know a lot of people who had jobs and had to feed their family and they didn't really have a choice like I did. Yeah. Same here. I had a choice 
and I chose to opt out and I still have a job, thankfully. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I'm doing pretty good. I have more than what I need. So I'm super, I give God all the glory for that because he's probably looking out for me a lot because I'm doing my job to spread the truth. And so are you, right? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying. That's, that's, yeah, what I, that's, that's, what I that's, can do. that's all we can do. We, to the best of our ability, where we're at in every moment, we have to just, uh, do our, our, our work, uh, when it comes to having a faith in the unseen. Right. And then like, when you do that, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of synchronicities going on in my life where like people just like come out of nowhere and then say something that just completely resonates with me. And I'm just like, holy shit, you know, that's God, you know? Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. It's uh, and a lot of people just shrug it off. Like, Oh, that's cool that this happened at this time. And it was just what I needed to hear, but then they forget about it and move on. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a calling of sorts. And I shit, I think Twitter for me, you and one other person, my co-host on Disinfobation, which is a fairly new podcast I'm doing, uh, a lot newer than the other one, but you guys reached out to me on Twitter in the month that I decided to stop drinking and put all of my efforts into the podcasts. Oh, shit. And it was like, as soon as I did that, it was just like, bam, 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 bam. I have all these interviews lined up. And you and I, we've been talking for, it's been a couple months, and- here we are on <laughs> 626 of 2002 or 2022 right in this moment in time in this like current zeitgeist yes it's funny that you talk about you stopped drinking because i haven't yet <laughs> well no i'm i'm drinking again i just took a month off oh okay okay i'm drinking right now <laughs> yeah me too i always drink when i do my podcast i'm very Cheers, open about it Cheers, man. I, I, I'm very open about it. Like, I don't really think it's necessarily a problem for me um, because I don't like crave it all day when I'm at work or whatever. But I know that when I get home, I, it just loosens up the lips for me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. And it's clearly not holding back your productivity. Look at what you're doing. Right, um, right. You're making it happen. When alcohol gets in the way, then yeah. it's a problem. Right. Thanks for enabling me more. <laughs> You're very welcome. I will enable you all day long, good sir. Um, are you? You're uh, in Ashland. You said is that where? I think that's where Matt Landman said he's from. Okay, so that's where I work. Uh, I live in Medford, Oregon, which is a, a little city above it. Ashland's like twenty thousand people. It's got the Shakespeare Festival, fourteen miles above the California border. And who is this we're talking about? Matt? Who? Matt Landman. He's the. Uh, He's the uh, creator of the documentary Frankenskies, which is all about uh, yes. chemtrails. Yes, yeah, I heard him on Tinfoil Hat, and he said Southern Oregon, and I was like, "Fuck, I wonder where he's at." No shit. Yeah. <clears throat> I've had him on my show twice. Oh man, yeah, he's, he's a good amazing. Guy. He sent me he sent me some of his products because he has uh, a company called Sparrow Gear, which means Sparrow means hope, and so it's like silver lined. Um, bags you can put your cell phone in so it protects yeah yeah oh i'm gonna have to seek him out man i i kind of figured he might be in ashland when i heard him on tfh 
So that's crazy. Yeah, he's a great guy, man. Him and I vibe really well. We had some, we had a couple uh, bangers of shows, man. So, do you know, was he a part of that Midnight Sunrise podcast that was like years ago? I couldn't tell you. They're out of Ashland, Oregon, and it was like three dudes. And when I heard him, I was wondering if he was one of those guys, but that's could be. I'm either. not sure. I'm not sure. All but right. he, <clears throat> he put me on his website called uh, actualactivists.com. And there's a podcast uh, section there where like all the podcasts that he got on there that he got on and he put me, he put mine and a bunch of others, other shows that he was on in his list. Right. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And he sent me like a bunch of stuff that he uh, sends out like a bunch of stickers and uh, his DVD and one of the bags for the EMF protection. And he sells beanies for EMF protection, which is literally a tinfoil hat. Tin foil hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally a tinfoil hat, dude. It's well, like, you know what, man? When they fucking crank up that 5G, we're going to need it. Dude, I'm telling you. I don't know. I'm, I'm a big uh, rock and metal guy. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's a band that I really love. They're from the 80s called uh, Killing Joke. <clears throat> okay, yeah. And their new album, I forget what it's called. Oh, I uh yeah it's it's a brain fart right now but anyway it just came out like last week and oh, shit, the, they're still doing stuff then oh yeah dude and like this album took a while to come out but i think they were waiting for the right moment because they always like spoke truth right <clears throat> and this album cover is literally a cross like in the desert with a 5g uh contraption on top of it Wow, I'm gonna have to check that album out. I see. I don't know them very well. They were on some soundtrack I used to have. I don't remember what it is, but I never really did look into them. But that's crazy. Yeah. Um. So the singer's name is um, Jazz Coleman, and he's cool. kind of a, a scary looking dude. Like his stage presence is kind of freaky. Um. Because you'll put like red makeup on and like you know, like look at the crowd, like all kind of evil and shit, but he's just doing his thing, right? Cause he's a great guy. Like I've heard interviews and shit with him. And he's just super awake. And like, he even like back in the eighties, man, he fucking got like property. And I think it was like Greenland or Iceland. I, f- I forget which one uh, to prepare for the apocalypse. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. I always find that the metal heads or even metal performers, are the calmest, chillest teddy bears out there because they have this outlet, you know, and they, they, they use it. And then when they're in their everyday lives, they're just fucking zen. Yeah, they get all their anger and aggression out through uh, with their energy through their music. Yeah. And then, you know, everything else is gold, right? I had um, uh, another woman on my show named Cheney Crab, and she's, in a, she's the front woman for a metal band called uh, F... Entheos. And um, I just loved her work because she's like, (laughs) like seeing a hot chick do like, uh, you know, screaming like that and like doing it perfectly. I was like, dude, I was giving her like all this love. And then she agreed to come on my show. I was like, awesome. awesome, Right. And uh, she has her own podcast too with her fiance. Her fiance is the drummer of her band. Oh, nice. And so they have a, a podcast called uh, Copper Crab Cast. 
Right on, dude. I know I've got that one downloaded. It's in my my playlist. I'll have to yeah, yeah. Good man. I, I was happy she got on. I was like, holy shit! Like this is like too cool for school. You know what I'm saying? Like she agreed to get on. Right. Yeah. It's cool. But yeah, we talked about like conspiracies and stuff like that, and music and like energy and all that kind of stuff. Right. So. It was really, it was really a fucking cool thing. And then, like, I got this other guy who's coming on my show. Uh, we were supposed to do it a couple of days ago, but it fell flat because his internet conked out on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I rescheduled with him. But he's like, "Yeah, dude, I heard you from, uh, I heard your podcast uh, with Cheney, right?" Oh, wow, nice <laughs> drummer, right? So that's like, like I, I always say to people, like, it doesn't, you have no idea who you're influencing when you speak and when you get your voice out there, right? Things will happen in your life when you just resonate and are able to overcome fear and just speak out, speak out truth to people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah, I think I've heard you say something similar, but even if it's just one person. Absolutely. Yeah. The butterfly effect takes place. It's just, yeah. It, nothing will ever be the same. Yeah, I personally don't care how many followers or how many listeners I have, but it, it, it will come naturally as you uh, do the work, right? Yeah. You know, like I have, yeah, okay, I have like just hit over 2,000 followers on Instagram. Oh, probably, wow, congrats. Pro- thank you, but probably like not even a quarter of them actually listen to the show, you know? <laughs> but I'm still speaking truth through Instagram by posting like truth or memes and stuff like that. That's what I do, right? And hey, that's still 500 people listening. Absolutely. And whoever yeah. catches on, catches on, man. It's all about, that's why I call myself Davy Wavy because it's all about the wavelength, right? It's about, you know, if you want to, if you want to get on my wavelength, that's awesome. If not, that's cool too. I, well, I hold no grudge, man. So I just hired this soap cutter where I work and he lives in the mountains off grid and he'll, He's got satellite internet finally, but I I was talking about interviews I had lined up, and I mentioned you, and he goes, "Oh, he's like uh, he's got like the goat on his logo." No way, dude. Said, yeah, he's like I saw. He just popped up on my Spotify. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's what I said. I was like, "That's cool as shit." He's like, "Yeah," because he listens to a bunch of conspiracy podcasts, so they recommended his show or your show to him. That's wild, man. Yeah, so I'm glad I remember to tell you that I we are whether we like it or not a part of the uh, the algorithm or the artificial intelligence, right? Yes. But sure. we are trying to what you and I are trying to do is spread truth that goes against the algorithm and the AI. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you want to get into like matrix type stuff, that you have to use the system to take it down. And right. I do want to add this, like. Uh, spreading truth is what I'm about, but I have another goal and I always want to put this out there. I really want to make people laugh because they are trying to take that away from us. And to me, absolutely dude, that is divinity. When you find yourself lost in laughter, regardless of what got you to that point, that is fucking divine. I'm telling you, uh, people say God doesn't have a sense of humor, but I think he does. Well, look around. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, oops, if you don't have a sense of humor, it just kind of worked out this way, I guess. I, I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, and, and Shayla too, shout out Shayla, love you. Uh, she said, 
we grew up through a generation of South Park and now everybody's offended by shit. How the hell did that happen? You know, dude, even those two, I don't know. I love South Park, always will. It's definitely been a constant through my adult life and, and teen life, but even they're kind of getting a little woke. Yeah, kind of uh, like in a good way or bad way. I haven't been watching it recently. Well, it's it was the and you know I don't mean to. They're going people. team fake woke. Well, yeah, they they did a big push for the vaccine. Like it wasn't big, but it was on a local Denver news station where they said they're vaccinated and that people who aren't just don't believe in science. Oh my god! And I mean, that's the language that the woke uses, you know, like yeah. science with a capital S. It's the new religion, the state and science SS. Dude, uh, I've been listening to Kiss since I was a toddler. Even earlier than that, I always tell people I came out of the womb as a Kiss fan, right? Yeah. But um, like you know, Gene Simmons now is saying like the people who don't take the vaccine or are speaking against it are evil. Dude, heroes of mine. Noam Chomsky. All my fucking heroes are dead. Noam Chomsky wants a holocaust of the unvaxxed. Uh, I used to love Sarah Silverman. And it's usually musicians come to disappoint you. All I got to say is thank God for Eric Clapton and Van Morrison. Yeah. And Eric Clapton got vax injured and spoke out. And they're calling him anti-vax. It's like, well, he fucking took it. (laughs) And he's like letting us know that it paralyzed his arm yeah dude and i think van morrison's like muslim and so what or no no that's fucking cat stevens sorry i'm mixing up oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah van morrison's yeah, yeah, not muslim yeah. but van morrison spoke out against it from day one i'm pretty sure cat stevens did too but anyway we're getting off topic uh yeah it's, no, it's crazy all. to see your heroes i mean i had to learn the hard way that hunter s thompson was like involved in the franklin scandal and all this bullshit it's like dude it's hard. You can't. You have to separate the art from the artist, or you'll just be stuck with Mel Gibson and Scott Baio. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I still, I still love them. You know what I mean? Like Gene Simmons. I love you, man. You know. You but could. Like, you could. You could listen I'm to not music. Evil. You know. You're the one. You're like. <laughs> Gene's calling people evil, and this guy fucking fucks a fucking uh, uh, chick. Uh, he he told the story where he's like having sex with this girl in a hotel room after a show. And then she's like, can I bring my mother in? He's like, yeah, absolutely. He's fucking her and her mother. It's like, you might not want to call people evil when you're doing that shit. You know, (laughs) that's the golden triangle right there. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I know I've heard this story and now I'm starting to think that I heard it on one of your episodes. (laughs) Like, where did I hear that? I probably did say that in the past. Yeah. What also reminds me of like, Howard Stern. I mean, what a trailblazer that guy was for free speech, but look at him now. Yeah. Dude, like because if you don't if you don't play the game, you're out, right? Yep. If you're compromised, then you're out. And they all are, right? One way or They another. all are. Yeah. And I tweeted to Gene Simmons, I'm like, oh yeah, coming from a guy who like fucking sold his soul, you know? No shit. Like, dude, it sucks, man. You know, you might think that you haven't sold your soul, but, you know, your heart hook, hook, line, and sinker into the game, dude. You're, you know, there's no way out for you now. Yeah. Once you get compromised, it's over, you know? 
Yeah, once you get got this Polaroid, it patrols your island. Yeah, if somebody came up to me and said, dude, your podcast is fire, we'll give you this. We'll give you the world if you let us like take control of it. Like that's selling your soul. That's selling your integrity. That is selling uh, what Christ came to give us, you know? So I will not be compromised. I refuse. Yeah. And you know, like you said, if you want to do this, you have to be all right with not getting big. Cause yeah. And it's hard to say, like, where do you draw the line? Because you and I, and with our views, we might reach thousands of people. But if we reach enough, there is going to come that hypothetical scenario that you just laid out where someone approaches you and says, hey, what about this? Yep. Money is the bait. Just like when, when, when uh, Jesus was fasting in the desert, you know, and, the, and Satan came up to him and said, I'll give you the world if you just worship me. And he's like, no, fuck you. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. You know, you got to I, th- I think you really got to know your scripture, what, even if it's the Bible or if it's the uh, Bhagavad Gita or whatever, what have you, the Quran, whatever. It's it's all about maintaining your integrity while doing the work for your creator, but being a part of the creator at the same time. So we have to like balance our, our chakras, so to speak, where, you know, yeah, I jerk off once in a while, but I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing a podcast that's reaching people and shit. Just being honest, right? Like, everybody, need, like, everybody jacks off every once in a while, though. Dude, you have to. Like, you, you, can't, <laughs> you can't just like, hold it in, you know? I mean, yeah. like, like, it's like, it's so crazy to me how like, the church will say, oh, every seed is wasted. God gets very irate, or like Monty Python says, right? But it's like you have to maintain a balance, man. You can't you can't go overboard with one way or another way. You have to – It's life is a balancing act. That's all it is, man. Yeah, and I'm glad you worded it the way you did, going back a little bit, about whether it's the Bible or the Bhagavad Gita – and I mean, are you a fan of Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey and all that? I don't know that. So Joseph Campbell, he's like the godfather of, of well, of a modern study of mythology. And he's a huge precursor to Carl Jung. Okay. And he's kind of just said, whether you're looking at the Bible or the, the late, and I'm paraphrasing, but, or the latest John Grisham book, every single story is the hero's journey. Absolutely. And have you read the? I know you've read the Bible. Have you read Bog, the Bhagavad Gita? Uh, parts of it, bits and okay. bits and bobs of the Bhagavad Gita and the Quran and uh, Talmud. Everything I looked at, everything, man. Nice. So what I love about the Bhagavad Gita is how it is, and I I heard about it because of Oppenheimer from the Manhattan Project quoting it. Destroyer of worlds. Yeah. And my colleague, the great colleague. It was awesome that he quoted it at that time because if you look at the work itself, it's two people standing on a fucking apocalyptic war field after you know all this destruction has just, just taken place. That's the whole context for it. And it's like what we are approaching right now. Absolutely. I could feel it in every fiber of my being, man. Like 
I just like every day I'm just like going around and trying to be that beacon of light for people. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't, and it's funny too, because I don't have a lot of friends, but the reason for that, I think is because I probably radiate too much light and people might be a little bit scared of that. <laughs> so would you say most of your friends aren't in your, in your everyday life? They've, they've been like acquired through the podcast. Uh, well, dude, I, I get along with everybody, like, regardless. So, so like, um, where I work and I'm not going to mention where I work, but, um, a lot of people, they really enjoy my conversations, you know, but it's not like I'm going to go hang out with them and like go to a fucking club or, you know, like a fucking strip joint or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not all, I'm not about that. You know, do they know about your podcast? Yes, a lot of people do, yeah. Nice. So they, they know this side of you then? Oh, yeah, for sure. Right on. Yeah, so, so my employers themselves, I've never told them about it, but, but all my coworkers know about it. And my yeah, same here. Yeah. My employers know how I feel. Like, my boss, he's from Santa Cruz. He's kind of edgy. But then as soon as the COVID shit happened, he turned into a fucking Karen. Yeah, that, that's happened a lot, yeah. I just... I, we would be having conversations that I thought were applicable to our relationship and he would just kind of glaze over and change the subject. So I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to tell him about my podcast because I started the podcast after COVID. Right. And I just like, yeah, now I know how he really feels. I'm not going to rub it in his face how I feel. So if he happens to find it on his own or somebody I work with tells him about it, that's fine. So be it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, definitely like, not afraid of losing my job over it. They'd be fucked if I quit. Yeah. I mean, I'm the only one that works there that's not vaccinated. And I was just like, yeah, you guys mandate this shit. You're fucked because I do all the work here. Right. Yeah, I had um, one of my managers came up to me and she's like, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, David. Um, so the pharmacy is giving out uh, free Pfizer vaccines. Did you, did you want to get one now? I'm like, I said no. And she goes, she rolled her eyes and it said, okay. And then checked off list. It's like, okay, you know, like, were you a little worried about it at that point? I was a little bit, but at the same yeah. time, that's when I was really getting over my fear of everything. You're like, hey, if they fire me, they fire me. Exactly. I'll just move up to uh, up north with my brother who is like off grid and lives in a cabin with solar power. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. That's a good brother to have. Dude, him and I reconnected on such a huge level the past year or two. Nice, dude. So you guys kind of weren't close before that? We had a connection, but we really, really established it much greater since this whole thing has been going on because... Once I found out that he knew this the whole thing was bullshit, that was like, boom, right? And is, is this an older brother or a younger brother? I'm the youngest brother. He's the oldest brother. Okay. Mm -hmm. And my other brothers and my sister, my dad, my mom, God bless her soul. She's in a uh, nursing home because she has Alzheimer's. Oh, sorry. But everybody in my family basically is vaccinated. Yeah. And I was just watching this happen unfold before my eyes. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this sucks, you know? Yeah. 
And at first I was kind of like very um, intolerant of the whole thing, but I'm now I'm just like, you know what? It is what it is. Everything happens. Everything's got a purpose. Yeah. It makes me really disappointed when I see either side doing this where they're just like, well, you're doing the thing that I didn't do. So fuck you. And you're not a part of my life anymore. It's like, we can't act like that. No, absolutely not. We still have to like be Christ. Like, you know, I always bring Christ back into it because that, like, I just see all the values that he he's given us. Right. And it just, we have to love our quote unquote enemies, even though I don't consider my family enemies for taking the shot or not. Right. But, but that's like a whole deeper level with it. But like, yeah, I still love my family, you know? And sure. yeah. And it's just like, we can't, we can't divide ourselves no matter what, dude. It's like, even though if like somebody like, okay, this is the hardest part, but say for instance, like my, our, our prime minister is Justin Trudeau. Right. And Sorry about there's, that, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Um, but there's evidence that he's like involved with like pedophilia. Uh, there's evidence that he is, uh, you know, just um, Justin. Uh, Fidel Fidel Castro. Castro. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, dude, so, when you had so, Bailey on, I was hoping you guys would get into that more about the pedophilia and Justin connection. Right, right. I think yeah, she she got into it a little bit. I think. Yeah, a little bit. <clears throat> but um, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just wanted to say. No, like, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, we still have to like kind of not love them, but like appreciate their stance because you know they have a place too, right? Which everybody, everybody would, does would awaken other people, right? And that's that's the hard part for me to really connect with is the fact that you know they're probably a part a part of some kind of secret society uh, that would want to do despicable things in order to wake people up, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it's not even so secret these days, who knows what they're all involved in, but the world economic forum has released their roster, so to speak. And Trudeau's on there. He's one of the young leaders, quote unquote. Also Putin's on there. Yep. I mean, it's every side, you know? (laughs) Everybody's yeah. playing their role in the destruction of mankind, as we know. Every everybody is so quick to jump on the Ukraine bandwagon and put a oh. flag on their car, and I'm like, dude, you don't even know what the fuck's going on. I'm a truth seeker, and I still don't know what the fuck's going on. Well, it's just another thing, like we were talking earlier about the GMO conundrum. How <clears throat> yeah. fucking much did the left use the term Nazi? in the last seven years and now all of a sudden they're backing nazis and it's like oh exactly. you know these nazis are a little bit different because uh my politician told me i need to send them money and dude the azov battalion it's it's a modern neo-nazi uh faction and, and fucking think- Zelensky even came out and said that and he's Jewish, and it's all—it's like the thing that makes it all okay. It's like, well, look, if he—if he's okay with them, then we should be too. And then everybody ignores the ties that the Buffalo shooter, however MK Ultra that thing was or wasn't, he was a supporter of the Azov Battalion. Yeah. 
So it just makes you dizzy trying to look at the logic that politics tries to bring into existence. The Black Sun logo on their suit of armor. Yeah. You know, like, <clears throat> what do you think about the Black Sun? So is this different than the Black Cube of Saturn? Because I don't know if I'm familiar with the Black Sun. Well, I think the Black Sun is like, if you... Okay, so it's as above, so below, right? So oh, yeah, if, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if the Earth is, quote-unquote, flat, then mm -hmm. they have a triangle leading us up to our sun, and then another triangle leading to another sun below us, which is the black sun, which they are trying to, like, bring up here. That's what I think is going on. Sounds like fucking Stranger Things. Yeah. And then a lot of people are now talking about two suns that they're seeing in the atmosphere. Wow. I mean, are you a Arthur C. Clarke fan? Space Odyssey guy? He's Not particularly. Awesome. So, of course, the Kubrick movie. But then that was part of a series that Arthur C. Clarke wrote. And that is like the third one, I believe. It might be the second. But it's this other sun just suddenly appears. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't heard this. People are seeing this right now. Yeah. If you look on YouTube, there's a bunch of videos of like people filming it. It's crazy. Interesting. I'm going to have, I'm going to write that down right now just so I don't forget to look it up after we get off here. Yeah. Black sun sightings. Dude. Like, but Ishmael Perez, when he was on, it was just like, he was validating everything that I thought intuitively without, um, looking at videos or anything like that ever since I was a kid, you know, like I, when I was a kid, I, I knew there was a God. I just knew it. You know, I never subscribed to any religion, but I just felt that there was a God, you know, I felt that there was always this higher being always watching me and taking care of me, you know? And he basically just validated everything that I was thinking of naturally and intuitively. How did you get in contact with this guy? I, th I believe that I uh, put a comment on one of his posts. Okay. And then he fucking out of the blue just said, would you like to interview me on your podcast? No shit. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, absolutely. Wow, dude. So and he's got like over 20,000 followers now. And when I, when he contacted me, he had like 11,000. So it's either divine intervention or he works for the CIA. I asked him straight out. Uh, not. I asked him on the show straight out. I said, "Are you involved in any secret society or any kind of, uh, you know, establishment?" He said, "Absolutely not." Well, you know, I was joking, of course, but the the funny thing is, is that you made a distinction there. The CIA is a secret society that became not so secret because the OSS, the precursor, that came that that like came right out of, uh, you know, these three families that did all the opium trade shit through. Uh, Asia and then right. they made all these secret societies in the Ivy League schools which became the OSS and the CIA so mm -hmm. it is mm -hmm. very much secret society that's funny that you asked him that I was just being a smart ass well no it's something that I, I right off the bat like intuitively asked right because like I have friends who are Freemasons right yeah what's the who's the guy that you interview on the reg uh, Stefano Yes. Yeah. So and let's, like, let's you know, do a couple of those. Right. And he like, yeah, we went up for coffee one day. He's like, dude, you know, like 
the way that you think, I could have you initiated into the lodge within a month. And I, I don't know how long it takes on the regular for somebody to be initiated, but that sounded to me like the way that I think I could be fast-tracked, right? Oh, for sure. I had a buddy in yeah. Eugene that I, I was staying with for a while. I parked my van in his driveway and he was one of the biggest conspiracy theorists I ever met. And when I left Eugene, he was in the process of joining the Masons because he wanted to like have that bird's eye view. Right. So is this something you've considered? No, uh, absolutely not. Uh, I told him. Uh, I like how fast you answered that, by the way. You're not yeah, on Musk. <laughs> yeah, because like i had like other people like this other guy uh on my instagram and he follows me he I, him and i talk on the regular and he flat out thought that i was a freemason and i said dude like i have a friend a very close friend who you know wants to initiate me but i refused right he's like well just be careful money is the bait you know and i'm like yeah i know that you know so it's not something that i want like i i told my friend i, I told stuff and i said I'd rather have uh, God, my creator, reveal the secrets of the universe to me without having to join a club. Right. You know? For sure. But I fucking went out and jammed on bass with them when his, with his band. It was awesome. You know, he invites me every Sunday. Uh, I can't make it every time, but, you know, but everybody in the band is a Freemason. You're a bass player? No, but I could play it. <laughs> nice and their songs are uh, fucking amazing um i love it because like he like in his lyrics he's talking about like you know um wake up the sleeper inside transform darkness to light what's the name right? of the band are they out like do they have stuff online yeah the android meme the android meme that's and a great I, name. I interviewed the whole band uh, a few episodes back. They were they were my top five actually uh, for most plays. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna they're write great that down guys. Too. They're great guys, and I'm like this whole Freemason thing, and like people calling out Freemasonry as evil, and they're trying to fucking dominate the whole world and bring Satan back and this shit. And it's like, well, these guys are pretty fucking cool, you know. <laughs> Well, you know, you share your lodges with the Illuminati a few times, and this is where it gets you. I don't know, dude. It's just like it's, I think it's all about your your own personal intention that you have for humanity. Like, my intention is that everybody wakes up to all this bullshit, and then just becomes who they are meant to be, as you know, quote unquote, the hero. Right? We are the yeah. hero. If you're not, if you're a non-playable character, then you're not a hero. If you're, if you were, if you were uh, a, a playable character, then you are the hero and you've already won, right? Yeah, and that's kind of like the hero's journey. It kind of teaches you to, the, to be the main story or the main character in your own story. A lot of people exactly. aren't. It's, it, yeah, and it's like uh, uh, the Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's been here all throughout time like if you're not uh, a part of god like if you don't come to the realization that you're a part of the creator that you are a fractal of the most high is that what freemasonry freemasonry is trying to bring back because to me 
I feel that it could be, you know? And is that evil? Everybody has a place in the story, right? Yeah, and I mean, I always go back to an obvious point in mythology, and it is, if there wasn't evil, we would not know what good is, and vice versa. And yeah. this, is, this is a dance that has been going on throughout existence. I just watched a couple episodes of this uh, Stars series called Gaslit, and it's about the Watergate scandal. Okay. And there's this scene where the guy who kind of orchestrates it all, he's an ex-FBI guy, he, he's put in a room with the one of the politicians that kind of like brings him down. And he's just like, you know, I could kill you, but... I love you. I've come to find that the soldier needs the weakling. Like we, we do this dance. It's like a, a rising and falling melody. Right. And we, we have to have the other to exist. And so like when we talk about Freemasons and any group of people, every single group has evil people within it. Absolutely. I say that all the time. You have Muslims, you have, uh, uh, Jews, uh, like in Judaism, you have Christianity, you have uh, cultures uh, of like Indians and like East Indians and uh, South Americans and all that. You could either be a fucking asshole or not, right? Yeah. And even where I work, like some of these people, like they just they have this little bit of power and they just. They don't want to be nice about it. They want to fucking be an asshole about it. It's like, dude, like, golden rule. The golden rule is treat others how you want to be treated. And when you do that, that sums up all the Ten Commandments. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And be and wary like, of anybody who seeks power. Yeah, absolutely. Because absolute power corrupts absolutely. Well, and, you know, we all hate managers in a, where I work. We don't really have that, but bigger places, everybody hates the manager, but then there's the people that want to be the manager. And those are the people that are our politicians. So when you worship these people, just realize that's who you're looking up to. Yeah. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a shit about you. Don't two squirts of piss. They wouldn't even care about you. I do. That's what I've been saying. So I just tweeted something pretty benign. I thought, and it was the day that the Roe v. Wade shit happened. And my governor, <coughs> Kate Brown of Oregon, never ceases to virtue signal in her tweets. And so she said, oh, the West Coast, Gavin Newsom, myself, and whoever the fuck the governor of Washington is, we are going to be sanctuary cities for people who want abortions. And I just oh. said, and so I put a little asterisk in my comment, and I said, as long as you're boosted, because here in Oregon, my body, my choice only applies to <laughs> ripping out that body that's already inside of you. Right. And immediately, I had this pile on. Dude, I've never had a viral tweet before. I didn't know how to act. And it was like, it's kind of even the people that were in support of what I said. And then the people and they came after me and my character. They started telling me to get the fuck out of Oregon to get castrated. And I just was kind of at first I was engaging and then it just got out of control. But I said, I didn't say I wasn't vaccinated. I am not, but I wasn't going to tell them that. I said, I'm against the mandates, my fucking pro-choice stance. And I'm pro-choice, by the way, for various reasons. But it, my pro-choice stance also applies to the fucking vaccinations. And yeah. they would not hear it. And man, I will never do another tweet like that again.
That's crazy, man. That's fucking wild, man. Like people have, they don't, they're not thinking at all, man. They're not using their fucking brain. They're just going along willy nilly with the narrative, right? Yeah. Every narrative that gets tossed at them, they're just like, yeah, I'm on board. I'm going to put a Ukrainian flag in my fucking car. I'm going to take a vaccination because that's what they say. That's what they tell me to do. It's like, really? I'm going to put a fucking piece of cloth over my mouth. Yeah. That doesn't do anything. And even though which, the science is fucking out on that now. Which is, I, that's, a, I, that's, that's a ritualistic thing. That's okay. all it is. It's the a ritualistic Floyd. thing of compliance. Yep. The George Floyd fucking whole, whole narrative of George Floyd. I can't, I can't breathe. breathe. And then all of a sudden everybody's wearing a fucking mask, right? I yeah. connected that like right away and people were like, dude, you're nuts. I'm like, well, look what's going on. You know? It's a very racist uh, truth of you to point out there, sir. Right. Which like I have, I have friends in many different races, dude. And it's like, if you want to call me a racist, then that's on you, man. You know? Well, to me, I yearn to be called a racist because that's what they do when they run out of counterpoints. Well, that's the, only card racist, that's the only card that racists have in their hand. Exactly. So the Democratic Party here in the United States is the most racist fucking party I've ever seen. And it's no irony that fucking Abraham Lincoln, the great emancipator, that's up for debate. He was for segregation. But... He was a fucking Republican. The Democrats were whining about slavery just like they're whining right now. When yeah. you take something from the Democrats and they always use the race card. Like, so I have a lot of black friends who fucking hate Democrats because they feel infantilized by them. Like black people are stu too fucking stupid to know how to get an identification card in America. Did you know that? You can't vote if you're black because it's hard to get an ID. What a fuck, dude, that is insulting. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't up in Canada. I don't know if you saw that big debate down here where it was in Georgia and it was kind of like, well, we can't have an ID law in Georgia because black people want to vote. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> they can't get IDs. Like, you have to have, and here's the huge fucking funny part about that is Delta Airlines and a couple others came out and it, everybody immediately who's, you know, half intelligent was like, uh, you have to have an ID to fucking fly or get an airplane ticket. Right. So why is voting any different? It blows my mind how people just can't fucking think anymore. Like, like how they say, like common sense has gone out the window. Their common sense isn't common anymore. That's, no. that's like a hundred percent non-debatable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people people want to have their thinking done for them, and it's really tragic. Well, that's that's just the dumbing down of society, which is what the the governments of the world, the elites, have been doing to us, right? So once yeah. you get somebody who's like a critical thinker, it's like you're crazy, you're a conspiracy theorist, right? I like wear that shit with a badge of honor. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely, like. I, it's crazy, man. I, I consider myself a spiritual guy. I'm, I'm spiritually in tune, but, but then you'll get people that call me out. Oh, oh, you got such a potty mouth, and it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm trying. You know, 
I love that line in The Big Lebowski where Sam Elliott tells the dude that, do you have to cuss so much? And he goes, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not, it's not a curse word. It's just, it's a word. Yeah, it's like I'm not trying to use it in a negative connotation. Well, I do use it in a negative connotation when I'm righteously angry, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's got it's got a yeah. purpose there too. I think I posted something yesterday about like the word "fuck" um, clears your throat chakra, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's like a German sounding word. Like George Carlin had that bit about the history of the word fuck, and it's like got some German roots. It makes total sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Comes from the German word flicken. <laughs> Scheisenhausen. Which is to strike. Yeah. Flicken. Yep, it certainly dude, does clear the throat. It does. Like, it like really a fine does. horseradish. Yeah, dude, like, I don't, I just don't, like, I'm into, like, word magic and shit like that, too, but it's, like, it's all about the intention that you put behind it, right? So, like, if I, (laughs) if I go up to a a black dude that I really like, and I'm, like, sub nigger, right, he'll fucking laugh his ass off, you know what I'm saying? Because he knows the intention that I'm putting behind it, right? Yes. And that's why and, black people in their culture, they can call each other nigga, 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 right? That's yeah. what it is. It's not like it's not like they're hating on anybody, right? So, but my point is when I speak to, to black people, I say, dude, if you don't like that word, it, it's, it's got such a negative connotation to it, then you guys shouldn't be fucking using it amongst yourselves. Well, you know? and, and that's the thing, like I, with the Joe Rogan controversy, when they brought that video out of him just saying it over and over. And it's like he had immediate defense from like black MMA fighters. They were yeah. like, yo, he's my nigga. Right, and right. So when you remove context and you just make a montage of a white privileged dude saying a word over and over. Yeah, again. you could easily make somebody sound like a fucking evil, evil genius or e- evil asshole, right? Yeah, and it, it's just, it's a fucking noise you make with your throat. The Democratic Party can use and exploit the black community, and the smart ones fucking call it out. Like, sm- and when I say smart ones, I mean white people, black people. We know that the Democrats are racist as fuck. I mean, yeah. look at Elizabeth Warren. I've got high cheekbones, so I, I must be Native American. My grandpa has high cheekbones. It's like, right? You got into Harvard Law playing the race card. And yeah. then Joe Rogan says the N word, and all of a sudden, yeah. We love you, Joe. <laughs> I'm mixed, but I do love him. We share a birthday. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm mixed. Uh, I, think he's, uh, I think he's kind of sacrificed his integrity. Well, he kind of had to if he wanted to stay where he's at. Yeah. But, like, yeah. if he, you know, if he's already got more than he needs, then why does he have to, like, sacrifice that part of himself, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't agree with it either. I don't I, I, I don't want to try to put myself in his shoes, but when I do, I'm just like, he's very comfortable. And, dude, to me, I don't know if you remember, it was a few years ago, Alex Jones, uh, Joey Diaz, and Eddie Bravo pretty much were making these jokes, but it seemed like they were talking about something real about 
he had his fucking family threatened by the CIA or some shit. Joe did? Yeah. And of course, dude, why wouldn't he? He's the guy that was like, he has this huge platform. He's not controllable. And I remember when I saw Tom Segura go on his show right as COVID broke out and they were talking about Tom Hanks and how everybody thinks Tom Hanks is a pedophile. And he was just like, Tom Hanks, what? Right. And it's just like, okay, dude. You used to be the guy that believed the moon landing was fake and thought Bigfoot was real, and now you're the guy who makes fun of people for that. And yeah, that's look that's how fucking I, rich you are. Yeah, that's where I don't uh, <clears throat> excuse me enjoy his content anymore. Like, and anybody that that's with him on board with him because I think he got too big for his britches, and now he's on that side of the spectrum where you have to play by the fucking rules. Exactly. So what are your thoughts on Alex Jones? I fucking love that guy. Yeah. I think so, I think he, I think he's Bill Hicks though. Do you really? I see I've never oh, yeah. met anybody who actually thought that. I'm very curious dude, about that. Fucking dude. He could have got plastic surgery. You know, like you look dude, go look at go look back at fucking Bill Hicks's stand up and shit. Oh, he's so he's top hey. three for me. He's right behind uh Carlin and prior yeah so but I take a little bit of fat off of his face and then make him fatter over the years you got alex jones so give me the premise for this though like what so he wanted to kind of escape and so he became alex jones no i think he was like a cia agent as bill hicks oh, from the okay. get-go and then they told him what else to do okay you're dead okay now you're Alex Jones. Right? I fucking love that we're having here's this a, conversation. A little, right now. <laughs> surgery. Now you're not going to look so much like Bill Hicks, but you're Alex Jones now. Okay. So he took a few years off and smoked Marlboro Reds and got this oh, interdimensional child molesters right. kind of right. Or that could be an act and like a voice acting thing too, right? I could do. I can do voice acting. I can do Nigel all the time, right? I thought that was actually your goat. You're telling me that's you. Uh, uh, Nigel, what do you think? No, Davey, I'm not you. You are me, but I'm not you, you know? <laughs> I feel like when I fucking found out Santa Claus wasn't real all of a sudden. That's funny. Sorry. That's no, okay. I, you do it, and it, you do it very well. I love Nigel's little outros. Thanks, so, man. You actually, so this is real. You think Bill Hicks is still alive and he's Alex Jones? I think it's fucking highly possible, man. Nice, dude. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm a fan of both. What's wrong so. with thinking that, you know what I mean? What's that? What like what's wrong with that ideal? Like what's wrong nothing's with, wrong with that. I just ne- so I've heard it put out there. I've just never actually talked to anybody who was on board with it, and I've never oh, like yeah. looked into it enough to like have made up my mind on what I think about it. But I love both of them, and they're both from Texas, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Dude, I mean, like- the only thing that doesn't add up is the age, but to, to counterpoint that, I fucking remember when I found out Alex Jones is only 10 years older than me, I was like, dude, he looks like he's 20 years older than me at least. Right? So that would I be- got, I got to tell you something, uh, Colby. <laughs> I'm a little retarded. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dude, that shit was so funny, dude. When that episode came out on Joe Rogan. Is that where he asked him if he'd had a head injury? <laughs> I think so, yeah. But yeah. holy shit. Dude, that was amazing, man. Fuck. No, dude. I love Bill Hicks and I love Alex Jones, even if they're compromised. Like, they have had a huge impact on my life. Yeah. And I think that's, that's you know, like, if you're, if you're compromised, so be it. You're going for the money trail, right? But I'm going for uh, the glory of the creator and getting truth out there. Like uh, whether it's, you know, like I, I, I'm just not following the money. I don't think money's on my frequency level. Um, I just think that truth is on my frequency level and I'm just trying to get it out there. And I don't care if I get money or not. I know God is going to just give me what I need. So why do I have to take some man's word for it and say, I'll give you more, you know? Yeah, and I think it's becoming quite clear recently, and it's only going to become more clear in future days, is that money is fucked. And for those of you who have it, you're used to it. And for those of us who have been scraping by, this fucking shit happening right now, it's nothing new for us. Yeah. I I think that we're going to be okay. Dude, we are going to be okay. Like... We're probably going to go through tribulation. If we go through tribulation period, mm-hmm. we're going to be the ones that are like uh, collectively coming together uh, mag- magnetically through the source, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's all good, man. Like even if I lose internet, you know, the internet shuts down, the grid shuts down. We go through tribulation times. There's no food. There's no nothing. We're going to be able to go and speak truth to people regardless of uh, what platform it is that we're trying to speak truth on. We have to start speaking it through, um, you know, our, our daily life with the people that we interact with, not online. Yeah. And uh, my co-host on conspiracy playtime, he had an idea of having a mailing list for people who want to get on it. We send them thumb drives of the episodes. Yeah. And uh, then I saw James Corbett, you know Corbett. He's, yeah. he's a fellow Canadian. Uh, him and his buddy that do, I think it's names James Evan Pilato. They do the New World next week. They're doing that now. I was like, dude, to my co-host, I said, man, look at this idea you had. These guys are doing it now. So, what are they? Do- yeah. oh, sorry, back up. What are they doing? So they put their episodes on a thumb drive, and yeah. if you're on if you're on a mailing list, you don't have to get online to access it. They'll just send you the thumb drive. Oh, okay, 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 that's cool. Yeah, I mean, as long as we have electricity, but like you're talking, and dude, it's funny too. This is another synchronicity you and I have. I think Jesus is the sun, and he has to come back in the solar flare to wipe out the fucking grid, or else technocracy, which is the Antichrist is going to fucking take over. So yeah. when that, you, you, you get that? I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to suck because we're used to the, you know, it makes life so easy, but they're going to fucking use the ease of life to control us. And it's already very quickly slipping into that arena. So yeah, the solar flare wiping out the grid, man, I'm fucking waiting for that shit. They're, tr- gonna- pro- they're probably going to fake it. Yeah. But everything's, like when the solar flare happens, our DNA, our junk DNA, which is what science calls it, is not junk at all. It's going to awaken our DNA and it's going to let us know our trauma, 
it's happening now. It's like our trauma is coming out, uh, our ancestral trauma, everything about our DNA is going to be unlocked and we're going to know the truth about everything, dude. And it's not going to be about online shit, internet shit. It's going to be through our DNA. Yes, because That's I mean, let's not, in my opinion, I agree with you. Let's not mince words here. Fucking internet as great as it is. It came from DARPA. So mm-hmm. how, how fucking good could it be? And yeah. I think I agree with you because I think that the epigenetics into like hunter gatherer type living. Yeah. It's still inside of us. There's no doubt. Like, I don't know if you've ever hunted, but man, when you're out all day long chasing a herd of elk with a bow and arrow, and then you drive, you get back to your pickup and you drive home. It's just like, all right, I was in that old world and now I got to reboot into this world. Yeah. And that's really good, man, that you mentioned earlier. You got that brother living off grid. Yeah, dude, he's a blessing, man. I, I love him. I love him to death, and he loves me to death, you know. Uh, we express that uh, accordingly all day, every day. And, um, you know, I, I, like I, my the other members of my family, like they just don't know how I think because I pr- probably don't express it enough to them but I'm expressing what I know out into the metaverse, which is what we're doing right now. Right. Unfortunately, but like, like this is all going to come out in our quote unquote junk DNA. We're, we're really going to be able to be fearless and just be the people that are the beacon of light uh, into the darkness of the world. And if the darkness is coming with the whole uh, crashing of the internet, the crashing of the economy, you know, we have to maintain that light, right? Yes, because I think if I'm a huge like studier of predictive programming, programming, and one thing I know is that the zombie shit that's gotten huge in the last couple of decades, there's a reason they're putting that shit out there as heavily as they are, and you and I are gonna have to be fucking Rick Grimes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, it's, I already see zombies every day, dude. Where exactly. And dude, they're when fucking their fucking zombies. smartphones quit working, they're going to start biting each other. Yeah. And I, I, I always walk walk by this gorgeous Filipino girl uh, where I work. She works at the front door of where I work. And I always do my zombie impersonation because there's so many people <laughs> in. And I just walk by her and I'm like, and she's like, in her Filipino accent, she's like, oh my God, so many zombies, right? <laughs> <laughs> so she knows, you know, like yeah. a lot of people know what's going on, but they don't want to speak up. And that's, that's what I'm going to want to encourage other people to do. Listen to me, dude. It's easy. It's plain as day. It's very easy. Jump on a podcast and speak your truth, man, because time is fucking short and I feel the days are shortening. And that's another thing. Uh, The days will be shortened in the last days. Right. So you really got to combat Satan, which is the opposer of humanity. And you have to be the light in the darkness, man. Yep. And the, the major trial is going to be, and this is my opinion. There's an inner darkness and it's going to make it hard to not give in. And we all have it. And it's yeah. like 
what Carl Jung called the shadow to get back to Campbell like mythology and man in the end you know like I said we we made the the Rick Grimes comparison it's going to be really easy to become Negan yeah and well, for, for sure it's going to be easier to be good or evil in the world that's ahead of us than it is to be good it's actually going to fucking really be hard but it's going to be worth it yeah eternally i mean you know when the bible says the meek shall inherit the earth yeah uh, well i know about it from 2112 rush but oh yes <laughs> i do know that it's a it is a biblical quote but that's where i first the heard it shall inherit the earth. you're can you're a canadian rush fan that's right yeah the rush is from toronto bro yeah oh shit yeah you guys are in the same area Yep. So anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. So when it says okay. the meek shall inherit the earth, yes, it is a that what that means is that the people that don't want to uh, give into society, uh, give into uh, you know the jibby jab, <coughs> fre frequent what's uh, what's the word frequency based, we are going to inherit the new earth. Whereas, because I, I think when the when the new sun comes, when when the um, which people are already seeing right now, apparently, yeah. So when this whole concept of the grand rising, the grand solar flare unlocking our DNA, we are going to inherit the new Earth. Whereas the people that don't believe that or that they just want to believe in the narrative, they're going to be locked in the matrix and they're going to be stuck in this hell. Right? Yeah. Because it's a lower vibrational or lower frequency uh, portion of the earth and there's the higher frequency, which is what you and I are on. We're going to inherit that part of earth and it's going to, it's going to be, it's constantly splitting. So, like, the frequency is going to split the Earth into, like, a new one and an old one. And if you're on the old one, then you're still on that timeline. But we are on the positive timeline. So, do you think that maybe another version of this happened and that's why the, the Mandela effect is a thing? Um, I think the... Yeah, I think uh, that's all to do with the elites being able to go back in time and trying to, like, fuck with us and say, haha. You remember this? It's not like that anymore, you know. Dude, I thought I thought it was really weird when my brother was telling me about this, and then he told me the Bernstein Bears thing. Yeah, I, dude, it fucking. I had an existential crisis when I saw how Bernstein Bears is spelled now, because Bernstein no. or Bernstein. Well, I'm a Steen guy through and through, and so yeah, he, he told me. He, now all of a sudden they're not. What's that? I said they used to be Jewish and now all of a sudden they're not. <laughs> yeah. I have another Mandela effect, dude. Like I saw this article when I was researching the Mandela effect right back when I first heard of it. And it was like, yeah, they actually changed the spelling of their name early on because they didn't want to be outed as Jews. I can't find that article now. But anyway, I'm a huge believer in that shit. And it's just my certainty. It's a subjective certainty that I have about how I remember that being spelled. All the others are really cool. But for me, that's like my proof. Yeah. 
because that's what you remember, right? This that, that's what the whole Mandela effect thing is. It's like, dude, I fucking remember. Like, this is a core memory for me that I know that Michael Jackson and Smooth Criminal said, "You've been hit by, you've been struck by a smooth criminal," and all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, it's you've been hit by. You've been hit by a smooth criminal. Okay, so a struck by is, is the old way? Yeah, you've been hit by, you've been struck by. And now it's you've been hit by, you've been hit by. Oh, fuck that. It's struck. Yeah, the first way you said it is how I remember it. <laughs> but then again, I looked into the lyrics, and yeah. that's just one point where he said, you've been hit by, you've been hit by. And then the next part, he says, you've been hit by, you've been struck by. So the you, thing, you, gotta, you can't be deceived by it, right? you got to have your wits about you. Have you ever looked into how prominent Jim Carrey is into the Mandela effect? Oh, yeah. It's like he's a purveyor of it because all the wrong memories people have, like Silence of the Lambs, uh, and then Chris Farley has the Luke, I am your father thing. Like It's like, it almost makes sense that we would remember the way that we saw it in satire or parody. But Bernstein Bears, and I haven't heard this Michael Jackson one, but I, I'd be curious to look into the Alien Ant Farm version of that just to see how they say it. Yeah, I, so I heard the, the, that it maintains the same way. You've been hit by, you've been struck by. But there's also uh, the Mamas and the Papas, uh, mm -hmm. that lyric, those lyrics of, um, I got down on my knees and I began to pray. Is that Monday, now, Monday? Yeah, so so the the Mandela effect is I got down on my knees and I pretended to pray. Really? Yeah. I remember began. Mm-hmm. You too? Yeah. And this one says I pretended. Like they're like they don't give a shit about God, so they pretended, right? Of course CERN would make it that way, those motherfuckers. Right. It's wild, dude. We're like this whole thing is definitely a battle for your mind, right? This is I honestly feel like I'm playing a part in World War Three. You most certainly are. Yeah. And it's a battle for the mind. And if you're if you can't grasp your mind, you know, you think you're going fucking nuts, then that's okay. Live in the moment, but realize that God gave you a spirit of love and of a sound mind, but not fucking fear. Yep. And I mean, you remember the, the Einstein quote? I don't remember, or I don't know what World War Three will be fought with, but World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I actually know what World War Three will be fought with because we're living through it, and it will be fought with information. It's just like uh, Alex Jones, because he had prisonplanet.com, but InfoWars, dude, what a fucking great name, InfoWars, because that's what we're that's living great, through. Yeah. <clears throat> For sure. It's, it's what uh, Huxley and Orwell both warned us about. Huxley just learned about what was going to happen at family reunions because he was an elitist puke, but you know he, he, he had the info. And he let us know it was happening. Yeah. I mean, if you can't, you know, if you can't realize that you're, <laughs> you're a non-playable character, like you are a playable character. And I, yeah. we're going back yeah. again, right? It's like, if you're awake, you know that you're a player in the game, right? 
But if yeah. you're if you're if you're still asleep, then you're a non-playable character. And I have nothing against non-playable characters because the non-playable characters, I always listen to them in the game. Like if I'm playing a role-playing game and there's like a non-playable character, I want to listen to what they have to say. Well, and aren't we all an NPC at one point or another? Absolutely. So we all have a chance. And I think it's like realizing that you are a non-playable character is what makes you a playable character. Mm -hmm. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. It's too dangerous to go alone. Go alone. Here, take this sword. Right? <laughs> the yeah. sword is the truth. Yep. Right? It's not killing people. It's not uh, hating on anybody. It's harnessing that spirit of truth, the spirit of the creator, and going about your daily life and, you know, putting that armor on and holding up the fucking sword of truth being fearless to speak it yeah it's unfortunate but you have to be willing to die right now too yeah that's another thing i mean like that's part of being fearless it's like if somebody comes at me and says jesus doesn't exist come come to come to the dark side i'll be like you can behead me dude because my spirit you can't kill my spirit. You can't kill my energy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's wild. Just, it's a wild ride. It's like it's like Mel Gibson and Braveheart. You know? Absolutely. Would you like to plug anything before we wrap this up? I think we're going to wrap it up. I could probably I go for like eight hours, but, you know. Oh, we always could, you know, and I, I'd like to have you on mine at some point. For sure. Uh, so I, I have two, like I said, conspiracyplaytime.com. We have all of our episodes streaming on there. You can do the video there or on YouTube. We also have Conspiracy Playtime on all the platforms. And Disinfobation is my weekly show. It's a, it's a bit of a departure. It's very raunchy. I get drunk. And I talked to this uh, veteran from Alabama who's fucking woken up. He, you know, he got to see all this shit firsthand. He asked me to be on his podcast back in April after I got on Twitter. You and he actually contacted me on the very same week. But after he and I did an episode together, he's like, dude, let's start our own podcast. So that's Disinfobation. And you can find Disinfobation at Twitter or Conspiracy Player minus the E is where you can find me on Twitter. So those are my plugs. What about you? Because I'm going to post this as well. So where can we find the Davy Wavy? Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I just want to mention to you, uh, make sure you send me all those links because I'll probably forget. Oh, but, I will. And, and then I'll put them into the show notes. But um, All right. I'll remember to do that as soon as we hang up or else I'll forget. <laughs> cool. But yeah, I'm on, I'm on Instagram uh, at Red Pill Cartel Podcast. Um, I do live streams as well sometimes. Everything's free, man. I do everything for free. Like for sure. I have nice. a I have a Patreon as well. I have three subscribers. Thank you guys. But <laughs> you know, it's like um, I don't put any any content that like I want people to pay for. I just want people to like naturally like tip me or whatever. Be able to give you some money, so you don't have like exclusive content on Patreon. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm not I'm not about that. I just want to get my 
everything out there for free, right? So, yeah, uh, nice. but yeah, so Red Pill Cartel Podcast is on like every every platform, um, Spotify, Apple, Podbean, whatever, dude. It's it's, it's all out there, right? And that's yeah. the beauty of Anchor. Thank you, Anchor. Um, this is a free ad for you. Uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, I yeah, love Anchor too. Yeah, I don't make money off of this. This is this is just a passion project, and I I just want to encourage other people to get a, get my show out there and your show out there. You know, that's what it's all about. Yep. Well, it's been awesome chatting with you, man. After a couple months of seeing you on Twitter, I get to actually have a conversation with you. It's been a privilege. For sure, dude. It's an honor and a privilege. All right. Well, uh, I'll see you around. Okay, and... dude. Uh, yeah. And may the most high bless you in all ways, dude, because that's what it's all about, dude. It's not about us, really. It's about uh, the most high and us being a fractal of him. That's what I believe right now, you know? For sure. Yeah, dude. Okay, so keep in touch and yeah, dude. Have a good one. All right. Take it easy, Davey. <laughs> Later, dude. Thank you so very much once again for listening to the Red Bill Cartel. This is Nigel Digo speaking. And you know, if you think you that uh, if you think that Nigel is tired lately, then maybe you are correct because you know, Davey and I are trying to do the best that we can, but it's very exhausting when you have to go to like Babylonian slave labor. You know, that, that shit that you're doing that uh, you probably should not be doing, but you should be doing something else. You know, that kind of thing, you know. But it's very tiring, you know. And uh, Davey and I would like to let you know that if you do direct your energy into something else, then, uh, you know, working for a slave corporation or something like that. <laughs> Wait, wait, nudge, nudge. Right, Davey? Yeah, Nigel, don't expose what we're doing in daily life because, you know, God forbid, right? I know, Davey, you know, just we have to keep doing what we're doing, you know, so, you know, uh, I give a very uh, special shout out to uh, Colby Dennis, who came to the show tonight, and uh, he's fucking awesome. What do you think, Davey? Dude, that guy. <laughs> fucking win-win situation, you know what I'm saying? Like, that guy is fucking awesome. Dennis, you're great. Thank you for coming out. Yes, thank you. And, uh, you know, I want to do all the ads and shit, but I'm not feeling like it tonight, so I'm not going to do it. You know, I just, you know, look in the fucking show notes, cartel, and you'll see everything that you need to know. And we love you, Davey. And we love you, Cartel, and we love everybody, you know, you know what I'm saying? Nigel, how much did you have to drink tonight? I don't know, probably about the same fucking amount that uh, you had. Fair enough. Anyway, we love you, Cartel, and you know what to do. Peace out. We love you. Good night. <laughs>